0: Hello and welcome to episode number 219 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going?
1: Pretty good man, pretty good. Was excited for this one.
0: Yes, I'm still buzzing from last week to be perfectly honest with you. Like when you see a movie like we did last week that's so good, it really stays with you for a long time. Um, I'm just happy to be in the cinema as well. Yeah. Man. Yeah, it was nice for that one week. Um, <laughs> you know, there is a couple of movies upcoming that, like, might have cinema releases. Um, I like, keep checking, like, our local I cinema list. I think rooms. it's the
1: last time, man. it it, it very well
0: well could be um (laughs) it is funny because yeah like odeon is already showing like loads of old horror obviously over halloween they're showing nightmare on elm street halloween um they're actually showing host on halloween which is pretty sick as well see that get a cinema release um i saw the craft legacy has popped up on their listings as well which is pretty nuts um so yeah it looks like that is actually getting a theatrical release over here which is mental um uh, but yeah saint Maud, man what a goddamn movie if you haven't already please go check check it out if you can um and otherwise put it on your radar for the future um, check because...
1: out the show here are fun <laughs> thoughts on it
0: yes it, it's just so so awesome um but yeah this week we're back with another really fascinating one with a tv show one of our tv specials um, and our
1: most prolific dude
0: yeah wh- who's that oh what, well, mikey boy Vanigan. yeah Vanigan, <laughs> yes we've we covered
1: keep away from the podcast
0: yeah a lot of netflix stuff um let's just uh, let's please just don't mention that one movie all right because we've just spoken enough about it <laughs> so let's talk about all of his work except for the one movie that we all know about um but uh yeah we're gonna be talking about the haunting of Bly manor which is finally here uh came out about a week and a half ago as of recording so hopefully people have binged it uh, it seems like according to twitter everyone watched it within an hour of its release um <laughs> <That's Twitter. laughs> so uh yeah it's nice to finally have caught this thing that everyone seemed to have watched and moved so on Episode, last episode and you're
1: done Apparently, exactly. that's how you do it on twitter
0: yes um that might be being yeah. generous to twitter <laughs> yes no just read the synopsis mate. Yeah. um but yeah we'll get into the news because we have a whole obviously uh, season of television to talk about and there's only really one big news story this week um give it to
1: me give it to me which bro. is a
0: big one for certain fans of a certain show um give it to
1: me give it to me right so now
0: So, coming via the hollywood reporter um dexter is returning um i've got Michael- chills i've
1: got chills right now i've got chills <laughs> my- right now
0: Michael C. Hall will return as the Avenging Serial Killer eight years after the show last aired. Um, the premium cable outlet, so that was... Uh, wait, what channel is it on? Showtime? I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, have ordered a 10-episode Dexter limited series that will reunite star Michael C. Hall and original showrunner Clyde Phillips. Um, the show will be a continuation of the original eight-season series, which ended in 2013. <laughs> Um, production is scheduled to begin early next year for, of course, a planned fall 2021 premiere. Um, the last thing I wanted to briefly mention before we uh, hear your mind explained over all this yeah. is that um, so Phillips Clyde Phillips uh, was served as the original showrunner for the first four seasons of Dexter, leaving in 2009. Um, he signed an overall deal with Showtime earlier this year, which kind of led to speculation at the time about a potential Dexter revival, um, which has obviously now happened. Um, and apparently there's a quote here, which I found fascinating, that says um, shortly after the widely derided series finale, uh, Phillips told Eonline Online that his vision for the series finale would have involved Dexter... This is, I guess, slight spoiler alert for what he wanted to do. Um, <laughs> um, and what I find interesting about this is I wonder if they do a similar idea to this. Um, but he says that it was basically he involved Dexter about to be executed for his crimes. And in the gallery are all the people that Dexter killed. Um, so obviously would have had more of a finality to it, shall we say, than what they actually mm. went with. Um, but yeah, well, I've never watched Dexter. You you are one of these Dexter super fans who... So, I want to just briefly say as well, just to clarify, because one thing as someone who isn't addicted, I
1: can't fan... hold in the tears much longer, bro. Like, I...
0: <laughs> so obviously, the finale, right? People don't like the finale. Is it? Is it the finale? Was it the last season? Was it, like, where was the cutoff point? Was it one episode or more?
1: Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer that question in a minute <laughs> right. because I am so fucking excited. I am <laughs> so excited, and it leads into your question because. I uh, I loved Dexter. I loved it so so much. And the final season for for the entire season was a tough pill to swallow. Right. They made terrible choices with Deborah, his sister. They made terrible choices with Dexter. And the finale, honestly, like was one of the most horrific experiences of my life. Watching <laughs> like media, like it, it it was it was traumatic for me. And um. You know, what they've described here, That um, obviously, um, <clears throat> I think, uh, I, I don't think you touched upon it, but um, uh, Phillips has already said that, like, basically they get to start from scratch. Mm. And that this is almost like a second finale. And this yeah. will be a, a 10. So I think, I don't know if you said, but yeah, it's gonna be a 10 episode uh, limited run that they've yeah. kind of done it for. And yeah, they they're, they're positioning it as a as a you know they're they're going to write off basically the final season. Yeah. The, however, this, he did so say it, that it
0: wasn't a retcon. It was the the ending is still the ending. Yeah. Um, and he said Which... that they aren't going to do like a, it was an all a dream or anything like that. But they will also they're hoping that this will be a more satisfying conclusion.
1: Well, I mean, obviously, again, spoilers for season you know the final season of mm. Dexter. So. Deborah dies, which sucks. And so, like, her character has the worst arc ever and then dies. So, like, will Jennifer Carpenter come back? Like, is she she dead? Like, that's the biggest question mark I have. I, 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 I can't really say that I care too much. Like, I, I just want more Dexter and I want to have a satisfying conclusion. I would like her back and I would like her arc to have not had that conclusion. But more importantly, I need Dexter's arc to have the conclusion because I think, like I said, the biggest problem with the final season of Dexter was that the, um, she was basically traumatized by what she found out and became just a completely different character. And then Dexter was just trying to facilitate and please her through that entire season and it just got so muddled and it you know it I don't the the problem is I've never rewatched it because I remembered not loving it but it was the finale that just killed it for me it was just it was just horrific and and I and you know I really think that um you can do a simple restart even if she's not in it and just just get Dexter back get him doing what he should be doing just in a different location maybe. And, you know, just get, get it fresh and just get him doing cool Dexter shit because, you know, that is the main thing. And if they can get that back, then, then, you know, um, it can get the magic back and, and give us something that's satisfying. Mm. Um, but, but they are left in a tough place, I think, you know, but, but the second you get Dexter back and Dexter being Dexter, then, then all is good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is fantastic news for me is for someone, like I say, that has loved the show so much, This is my reason to go back and rewatch it. um, And then just stop at the final season. And then I can just pick up this new season.
0: Yeah, nice. Yeah, it's going to be be an interesting one to see. Like, because, yeah, I've not seen a show that has that same kind of everyone on the same page. Like, there's obviously been these derided series finales i think that yeah the been lost in game, game, of, game thrones. of thrones yeah
1: like yeah but this no. is
0: like universal i don't think there's anyone that's like they absolutely nailed it sort of thing so it does feel like it's one that's perfectly ripe for this that there's yeah. clearly a fan base there um that clearly want to be appeased with with the situation so it's going to be a fascinating one
1: yeah exactly um, like you know as someone that was a big fan of lost in game of thrones i didn't have problems with it you know and and, and yet dexter yeah categorically was 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 horrific for me you know, there hasn't been many shows that have been like a, a sour pill as it's ended, mm. but, but Dexter truly was.
0: I think it's the the reason why I think it's really interesting as well is obviously with this guy, the showrunner Clyde Phillips returning because mm. obviously he was like so integral so, for like the first half of the show. Also,
1: I'm I'm almost certain that season four is the Trinity Killer season, which was, in my opinion, the best season of Dexter. Mm. Um, and the season the season four finale for me was you know we we coined the phrase kind of lost moment where like the season four finale left me jaw dropped Mm. and um truly shocked me was not expecting it and if well the trinity the trinity season finale i should say whichever one that is but i'm almost certain it's season four and and yeah it was phenomenal and it really was the the height of dexter and so it's very interesting that that he was the showrunner up to that point mm. and 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 it, it gets me even more excited
0: yeah this is gonna be you cool. can tell i'm, I'm very excited <laughs> yeah i'm really happy for the dexter fans out there because yeah <laughs> i'm I'm really
1: happy for me too
0: <laughs> um next up is yeah this is where the news just isn't as interesting going forward um this is a show that we've kind of talked a little bit about that they're kind of reviving i know what you did last summer um we talked about in the news before where it was like james Wan was attached to it and for some unknown reason people were thinking that he might be like directing the pilot and then that quickly switched to just no it's just his production no company, he's, like... he's
1: seen the movies
0: <laughs> yeah it's like yeah exactly <laughs> he's called him once and was like yeah i'll put my name to that um yeah. so i don't really know why this is the news because I'm, I'm not sure entirely what we knew but it seems like so amazon is has like basically greenlit an entire season so i think that's what the news was but it's weird because like we knew this was happening anyway <laughs> so it's a, it's a weird one um but yeah, it's, it's happening uh, on Amazon um, based upon the 1997 movie. Um, yeah, it just says the, the show will share a similar premise with the movie. Group of teenagers stalked by a killer a year after a fatal accident on their graduation night, but put a modern spin on the material. Um and yeah, obviously we're produced by James Wan's production company. Um, it's interesting as well that kind of like Amazon are massively getting into like bigger IP now. Mm. Um, they kind of have Jack Ryan as one of their big shows. Um, the Boys is obviously a big show for them, and they Walking still have... Dead over in England all right yeah um and then they still have the upcoming (laughs) lord of the rings tv show which has like been in production for so long and it's crazy to think that that's even a thing that's going to happen but yeah they have the lord of the rings license for television and yeah i don't understand that i really you know just that's the one that i'm like man you can't screw that up like the movies were just so perfect and i just think of like low budget television with a show like lord of the rings and it makes me cringe but Mm. we shall see um and then, yeah, these last two news stories are just very small. But um, I initially wasn't going to talk about this, but then it was like there was more to it. So um, and then you looked, and you only had two news stories. <laughs> yeah, so this starts in a weird place, and then it, and then it goes somewhere interesting. So basically, like I'll take a sip of um, my drink, go and take so, me on a journey. So there is some horror stuff got added to Call of Duty in the past week, um, which is called cool the Halloween to event yeah um you know it's cool for me personally because i really enjoy the game so I'm, I'm interested in this but it's basically the texas chainsaw massacre and saw they have both the licenses for the game which is pretty cool um but that wasn't the reason why it was in the news but basically as part of this um they've kind of launched the official marketing for the new texas chainsaw massacre movie at this point um and it started with the website so if you go on TexasChainsaw.com now you kind of Am get good new motion po- uh, poster for the new movie um and then basically if you sign up for updates on the movie you get like stuff in game for call of duty to do with the with text chainsaw massacre um <laughs> but yeah but it's, so the, on the website though it says like about um basically it, it, i think it says something along the lines of in 1974 the seminal classic shocked audiences around the world and then it's like in 2021 the face of madness returns um so obviously confirming the release date of 2021 um and there was like a couple of casting news in the as well um but yeah obviously we talked about this in the news fairly recently kind of fede alvarez producing mm. um they changed the directors a week into principal uh, principal photography i just right. walked <laughs> yeah and then they just immediately hired someone else and continued as a head um and yeah they're gearing forward with this and obviously i think it's interesting that those are the two licenses right now because obviously we've saw like it would have made a lot more sense obviously with the delays and i wonder if like marketing will spiral for spiral will start to kind of ramp up again um There has been talks of a new trailer for Spiral For a very long time Um, And yeah, kind of, um, Kat just sent us A a link on Twitter actually, just before Recording, um, which is apparently A quote from uh, Darren Lynn Bosman Talking about the new movie, so I just want (coughs) to See what he's got to say Why why Um, is
1: is she doing this to
0: you? (laughs) Well apparently the headline reads that uh, He teases Saw fans aren't ready For Chris Rock's reboot Um, You can say that again Um, Mm. So yeah, the quote, which it seems like it's a pretty small quote Here, just says he, he told NME um but this movie is so unique and so different than what i think people are ready for that's what made it so exciting to get back to the franchise i read the script and thought holy shit that's actually really good it didn't feel like a sequel at all it feels like a saw movie and it has some very sore elements in it but it's definitely its own unique thing <sighs> um nah. yeah.
1: I, I i'm not being funny like i genuinely <laughs> don't want to hear anyone <laughs> talk about this movie anymore <laughs> like
0: give, give, me.
1: A, give, give me a trailer maybe but probably even mm. not like i just this movie just needs to go away until we live in a world <laughs> that we can see it you know yeah like yeah exactly i don't want to sound like grumpy and bitter mm-hmm. but like you know candy man uh quiet yeah. place you know spiral just all of these movies that we should have seen by now mm. they need to just shut the hell up and just sit there until i'm allowed to see them because um it's it's too it's too much it's just too much yeah
0: the, the normal hype cycle for movies mm. where it's kind of like oh a few little tidbits in an interview you know john carpenter teasing the new halloween and then you get the teaser trailer and the market yeah. and stuff like all of that stuff i'm completely with you just doesn't seem relevant right now when when no production company in the world you know. or di- distributor actually has any idea where we're actually going to get these I, I, movies I absolutely nothing from
1: what you said from that texas
0: chainsaw massacre thing because i'm like great
1: mm. 2021 what does that mean like <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it, it clearly
0: well for like, a movie that's only it, just now shooting that just changed its director as well like <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like Don't there's movies that got done years ago that aren't coming out let alone this abomination I was gonna say the
1: reels are- i will say it again the reels are in our cinema for quite a drink too they're, they're, they're there i'm telling you okay bro if we if we broke in tonight we'd be able to watch it Listen, all I'm I'm not, i've
0: never i've never said no all right <laughs> <laughs> but anyway let's finish that discussion off it um shall we talk about this week's tv show let's do it let's talk about the haunting of bligh manor Wow, where, where to begin with this one?
1: Oh, Haunting of blind Manor, the journey you took me on.
0: Yeah, so it all started back in 2018.
1: <laughs> it all started with, with, a, with little a little
0: It <laughs> <laughs> <That laughs> came out and blew away everyone's expectation of what a TV show could possibly bring us. <laughs>
1: oh, man. Let's
0: move on from that, because so, there's going to be obviously... Some I'm not going to lie,
1: I was going to take you back to Hush.
0: So, <laughs> <you know. laughs> oh, God, thank God for that. Um, but no, like obviously, we, we're going to focus, or tr- at least try to, the conversation, of course, on Blind Manor. And yeah. I think that what I want to stay up front is that again, I know you shouldn't take much into kind of conversations you see online these days, but like the hyperbolicness in both directions where it's like, there's the crowd who say, Oh, you can't po- possibly bring Hill house into this conversation. It's his own thing. And it has to stand alone. And then there's the people that go fully the other way that are just like, we'll clearly not give this a chance because it's clearly not Hill house. Um, yeah. and yeah, like obviously both of those views are completely in- equally moronic. Um, like this is the second part of the haunting collection now on Netflix. So you have to judge it that way. They, mm-hmm. That way. Um, But also, as we've said time and time again on the show, I never had any expectations. This, of this, this, be, like, is,
1: this is American horror story. Mm. You know, this is American horror story where you judge each season on its own merits. And then you, you can compare you can compare kind of, you know, freaks to hotel and, 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 you know, that, that can be a fun conversation, but they are very different seasons. Mm. And, and, you know, I think that's exactly what this is, you know, it's, it's, it's the same wheelhouse, you know, it's, it's ghost story, you know, versus ghost story, but these mm. are two very different ghost stories. And I think, um, yeah, leading into kind of Bly, Bly manner, kind of, You know, I I was going into it with the preconceptions of Hill House, obviously, and the fact of like what Hill House delivered and kind of, you know, Blind Manor starts in a much slower paced way, giving you much more of a stripped back character driven um, kind of um, show as opposed to to Hill House. Um, I guess kind of like going into the the synopsis of this. Um, Mm. So, um yeah, we we um <clears throat> well we meet um basically a nanny who is gonna um
0: an au pair uh,
1: yeah who <laughs> um who has been hired to care for these two orphaned children um and uh, yeah so we we kind of meet Danny our lead character the au pair who is basically our um guide to the story she is entering this and kind of we we get to experience a story through her vision primarily and kind of um she is there to nanny these two children to look after these two children and it's um at Bly manor where she's joined by kind of a cook and a a a housemaid and kind of like a gardener and and Mm -hmm. they're all kind of working on this giant estate it's almost like kind of modern day kind of Danton Abbey style, just this giant house that's got all these people working on it and, and it's funded by the um, the uncle slash brother of the deceased parents, um who who is still kind of like funding the money, um, and funding kind of keeping this house going and keeping the children.
0: Yeah, he's um, almost taken the foster parent role of these like children, basically. Yeah, I mean, I assume he
1: probably is mm. like the.
0: It um, is weird because they don't really get into the legality. Yeah, yet, do they, but he the is the guy. legal
1: guardian. But mm. he is very much away and keeping himself away in London, and mm. and kind of yeah, basically employing all these people to keep the house maintained and to look after the children. Um, and as kind of Danny first kind of moves into the the house and kind of starts to look after the children, she starts to discover the story of, um, the, the lady in the lake, which is this kind of, um, she, she hears it very early on from, um, from the uncle post the job interview, um, mm-hmm. that there, there's this ghost story of the lady of the lake. And, um, I guess kind of that is the, the synopsis really in a nutshell that it is then her caring for these children the children are very um kind of you know traumatized by what's happened you know they've lost their parents and we learn that we learn very early on that that Danny is not the first nanny to be there or paired to be there and the the um the first one uh killed herself on the property that that is very early on we find this out Mm. um and kind of um So Danny's trying to see what the hell caused her to do that. And also the children having to deal with this third death in their lives are all, you know, they're both pretty messed up because of it. And then obviously with the added history, mystery of this um, lady in the lake ghost and this ghost story that's interweaving with it all as well. Mm. Um, i think that's that that's it in a nutshell really um yeah there's of course difficult. there's a
0: lot more plot points that we don't yeah. need to go into like We've danny has her own ghosts us. and yeah. <laughs> yeah there's all plenty of stuff going on but yeah that is yeah, the there's, general a ton of, there's a
1: ton of stuff to unpack but um it really is a character piece on these workers and children in blind manor mm. and and kind of you know the, the 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 crap that they have to deal with really um
0: yeah ooh.
1: Yeah, I mean, I really don't know where to go from from there. I think, um, <clears throat> I, I think, like, because was was um, did Mike Flanagan direct the first episode?
0: He wrote and directed just the first episode, yeah, right,
1: yeah. Because I have a different view of the first episode after the entire season, mm. but if I go back to my original lens on the first episode. I left the first episode a little bit underwhelmed and a little mm. bit I, I was a little bit um you know, it, it it didn't start with a bang. It started with intrigue and that intrigue kept building but but it never got like a crescendo crescendo in the first episode. Mm. And I think kinda like I watched maybe the first couple of episodes and it it took me a while to get my head around what this season was and what this what this series is about because it is very different to hill house you know hill house does start very much in your face and is very terrifying and in your face from from day 1 mm. i think this this show for almost all of the season i would say the characters are not in constant danger they are not constantly stressed out it is much more of a a slow drain on their existence, and just a slow kind of mental study of mm. uh grief and how people deal with it, and kind of yeah, especially to children. trauma yeah, just trying to survive these awful situations and and by kind of episode four or five, I realized you know, I was fully invested in that, and um it got to the point that I was not enjoying the show as you know a conventional horror piece of media i was just fully invested in these characters and fully engrossed into what their story would be and how it would pan out and it and it was and it, it kind of it got to that point where i was about episode five where i kind of thought to myself hmm, this is gonna be really difficult to talk about on the podcast because everything mm-hmm. i'm invested in and everything that i'm getting out of the show you know none of it is conventional horror mm-hmm. um it, it really is just this this character study that i'm super into and um and yeah you know that that continued um right through to the final kind of two episodes which I thought were you know again just you know I'll give you my rough overview on it Uh, you know I thought they were absolutely fantastic the last two episodes and I you know it left me in a I thought it left in a a fantastic place I thought it had an exquisite ending which you know I'll come on to my thought and emotion on but I I really um, you know it really left me in a a, you know in a positive place in terms of what this show was Mm. but overall it was not the the kind of october halloween experience that i wanted Hmm. it 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 tricked me and it gave me a very different experience one that i wasn't expecting um, but i still very much enjoyed um yeah and and that's probably you know where my where my confusion comes in to, to talking about this for the for the podcast
0: yeah i do want to get back to that once i've said my initial thoughts yeah. because i do think that was clearly intentional um, yeah. yeah. And, and i'm with you where it's like this is the second of a haunting collection released in halloween and ultimately i think he's pulling a massive trick here yeah. um, in what he's actually giving us um he, he
1: pretty much says that
0: <laughs> yes definitely in the final episode um yeah. which we'll get to um but yeah oh god this is so hard to talk about i think overall like kind of I agree with you on some points. I actually really disagree on a few as well. Um, I'm with you. Like like the first three episodes I thought was slow, but I was interested in what was going on. Mm. And it was that similar when I watched Hill House the first time where I was like, okay, I don't fully know everything about all these characters yet, but I'm getting to learn it. And then obviously throughout the course of the season, obviously you then love it. Um, So the first three, I was invested. I was intrigued. Mm. Um, There was a lot of different questions that are thrown at you. Um, The kids are doing very strange things that you want to answer. There's a lot going on with a lot of the secondary characters. I think, um, Hannah in particular is, is a character who just sticks out like a sore thumb from the get go. And yeah. you like, what's her deal? Cause there's just a bunch of weird scenes happening with her. Um, and obviously Danny's going for a lot of weird stuff as well that you kind of want want to figure out what's going on. So it's it's the intrigue was there and the mystery. Um so throughout the first three. I yeah. thought episode four is when the show really does stop being a horror show for me and is more like an emotional sad experience. Um, when we really get the backstory on who Danny is as a character. Um again, I liked this episode, but it was the episode when I realized that they weren't yeah, trying to scare me anymore. Same um i was like okay this this isn't really the the kind of scary show that i think they're going to try for um episode five i found super frustrating was
1: was that the hannah's uh, show yeah i I, I gotta be honest if we weren't doing this for the podcast there there might have been a chance i stopped watching at that point because (laughs) it it was that bad like it was it was mind-numbingly boring that episode like and it was you know it 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 makes sense later on but it but is just a viewing you know, some you know it, it it's hard to talk about until we get into spoilers, but it was just not fun to watch. It was just very boring to watch.
0: Yeah, see, I I wouldn't call it boring. I would call some other later stuff boring, which we'll get to. I just mm. found it really frustrating because I didn't yeah. like the narrative trick that they were using to explain what was happening in Blind Manor. Um, mm. I didn't enjoy it and found it frustrating and wasn't mm. satisfying. And then once we got out of that episode, which wasn't and they, and they gave us a lot of answers to a lot of different questions in episode five. And yeah. I think that was when a lot of the mystery of the show went for me, where there was only a few things that weren't explained post episode five and coming out of it, I wasn't satisfied. So I was kind of like, Oh my God, where are they going to go with the rest of this um, season? Um, episode six, which focuses on the character of Henry, who is the uncle I thought was atrocious. Um, I absolutely hated this episode. I hated Henry as a character. Um, yeah. I and found I...
1: his just, just the way he portrayed that role was quite, it-ish. yeah, it didn't, it, he felt like a out of time and a place because obviously hmm. this, like I said, you know, I used um, that kind of Downton Abbey, like 1920s sort of uh, aesthetic as what mm. this is. But but this is set, what, in the, is it in it's, the 80s? It's, it's set or? in
0: the 80s. That was a question that I yeah. wanted to get to later on was and like, does this feel like the 80s? Because my answer was no.
1: <laughs> no, it does not, you know. And, and that's why it's so weird because, yeah, he feels like a character straight out of the 20s.
0: Yeah. Well, and yeah. just like I, you know, and again, I have to keep specifying the character because it's weird because he's played by Henry Thomas. That's the actor's name, who's a brilliant actor. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But the character that he's playing, Henry, I think, is utterly shy. And he, like, when you actually boil down who he is as a character, he's the most generic soap opera, soap opera character ever. Where all of his storylines are just based upon relationships and breakdown of relationships. And I just can't, I don't find any of that shit interesting. It's so boring. Um, so I really, really, really hated that episode. Um, episode seven, I thought was a complete snooze fest where to me that was where literally nothing happened and was really really bored with the show um it, it's when they start to bring back a couple of characters who we haven't really talked about just yet which is rebecca and peter um mm-hmm. and to me their storyline ended pretty much in the first three episodes where i was like okay i get their character arc now and we they... got there
1: we got their story and they had an yeah. episode earlier on like yeah
0: it, like it we got their sense. whole relationship i i understood who they were as characters and what i was supposed to feel about both of them to then that to, to then spend most of this hour in episode seven being brought up again i was so ready to move on from that moment um episode eight which i think you're a fan of i could yeah. not stand i d- despised episode eight i i truly to me it was one of the worst episodes of any show i've seen mm. Um, i just couldn't stand it from the second it started and i think it to me it goes boils down to what my biggest issue with the show is which i think is the Way they explained the story. I think on paper, a lot of what they do works really, really well, especially when you get into the actual horror of the show. um. Mm-hmm and what the actual ghosts mean and kind of where they are in the world. Um, but I think they have a problem where they get to points in the series where, and I think this is what happened in episode five, where they were like, we've spent so long building up these characters now. Now we're just gonna have to give you this like dump of information. And so to me, that's what episode eight was, where they were like, shit, we've just spent seven episodes and we haven't remotely explained who this lady in the lake is yet. So now we're just gonna have to give you this over the course of this entire episode. Um, and by the end of it, I was like, oh, okay, that's like an interesting story story arc it actually is explained very well and one thing i will give the show credit for is that they explain everything like they almost overly explain things where like every weird little thing that happened in this show is explained you know there isn't a single thing where you go well what about that it's like there isn't a single thread i don't think that is tied up like very like neatly oh there there Um, is a
1: nice bow in in everything whether (laughs) you like it or not exactly the answers to everything
0: yeah like i really think this is the kind of the case point for answering things a bit too much um but yeah i really Really didn't like episode eight and so kind of obviously continuing that trajectory obviously six seven and eight was so bad for me i really liked episode nine really enjoyed it i liked the sincerity in the episode um and it was a satisfying end and that's where i'm super frustrated with this show mm. is that had they kept me interested throughout the middle um i would have loved the show i think i think it would have been what i was aiming for which is what i said a few weeks ago was that i was hoping this would be about 70 or 80 percent as good as hill house and i think when the show was at its best it definitely was but it, yeah. but it definitely wasn't consistently that for nine episodes and i think it dropped down to such a poor level um that overall i have to just say this was okay um and it frustrates me because yeah i actually really liked episode nine and i think that the relationship that ends up being the core relationship of the show is a strong one. Um, I just wish they hadn't wasted so much time on other relationships that were completely pointless in the end.
1: Yeah. You've got throughout the whole season. Um, like, yeah, it'd be interesting. I really want to go back to episode eight, but I think Mm. like, um, throughout the whole season the show focuses on a ton of relationships mm. um mostly Pete and,
0: and rebecca
1: pete and rebecca but obviously you've got you, you henry. Can have Hannah, <laughs> you've got henry you know and, and you've got all of these yeah, different relationships you've got episode eight which is a ton of relationships mm. as well completely new and, characters. and yeah and and kind of ultimately the one that um you know, you, you need to care about. It mm. is is buried for a lot of the movie and really? uh, for, for a lot of the TV show, and
0: mm. um, that's my biggest issue.
1: And it, it it's it's a truly kind of like you know special relationship that that is somehow so strong, even without having that airtime. And 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 yeah, like it's it's incredible that they did the job they did in episode nine. Yeah, with the little headway that they got up to that point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like I said, I I don't disagree with you. I think, um, like I say, I, I I do disagree with episode eight. But I think like it it was that lull in the middle that it was mm-hmm. kind of the first few episodes were telling you what this was about, and then for me, the Hannah episode was was very dull, and and then and yeah, you got a couple of dull ones after that, and and I didn't I didn't necessarily mind when um, Rebecca and um, uh, what's his name. Uh, Peter Peter. Mm. came back into it, that episode. Um, I didn't, I didn't hate it, but I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't find it massively engaging. And obviously it, it ended in, in a, in a super interesting way, but, but yeah, like it did take, it was weird because it kind of like episode six, it it was your classic um, weekly TV show problem where episode six ended in a way that I was like, okay, it's all going to kick off. And then it began episode seven And then we didn't get the conclusion of that until the end of episode seven. And like when I'm actually thinking Mm. about what happened in the meat of that episode, I can't really think of it because, and it is just that generic TV where they have like a, Start
0: and end. They they
1: have they have ten minutes of content and they have to fill it for forty minutes. And it is that the one that clocks over an hour as well. I think.
0: I think so. Yeah, and and especially I'm agreeing with what you're saying as well. Where it's mad to say that on a TV show that only mm. has nine episodes, yeah. <laughs> we're talking and about it's... at least three episodes of filler here.
1: Yeah, and, and I really feel like this should have been a six part miniseries Oh man,
0: it, could have been so um, good.
1: it would have been tight as fuck, and I think it mm. would have also. Um, Gave the whole Haunting of uh, franchise a much better um, landscape for the future mm. because it's almost said now. Well, you need to have like nine, ten episodes. But if mm. this would have gone in at six, then suddenly the next the next season could have been three. It could have been twelve. It could be ten, and it just gives that creative freedom because I think you know. Like people may agree with us or people may laugh at us, you know, when we talk about length of movies and, and and TV shows constantly on this podcast. But I think it's incredibly important. And especially when you especially with the Netflix model of these TV shows, um, you know, you look at something like Black Mirror and Black Mirror has tried a ton of things. We've mm. got features, we've got six episodes, we've got three episodes. We have all of these weird things and you know, and I think it just simple. Yeah, and it just shows that like you can do a ton of weird things with this streaming platform and then and and I do find it a little bit disappointing that this went with the traditional Length, and um, you know it did ultimately suffer for it. I think this would have been a much tighter, much better, you know stronger recommend if this was a six episode um, series that, that that was just got rid of a lot of that filler.
0: Yeah, it's that is just where it's so frustrating to me, and I think we we kind of it it seems like what I'm gauging is that you were a bit more hotter on this than I was, but I think we're coming at it from kind of the same angle where they just I so much time.
1: (laughs) I think that's the problem. I was only hot on it because I felt the the final episode was incredible in the way that you know it 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 took me through you know a ton of different emotions right that episode, and then and and I and I really enjoyed the setup of episode eight. Um, and I and I think you know um, when we get into spoiler territory, it is the connection between the two that I did feel strong, and that's why I I didn't I don't quite see how you didn't get the connection from eight, but still love nine as much. But I think um, you know you, the 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 season as a whole does have two or three very poor episodes, a few episodes that are good, and then yeah, the, the, for me the two that were the standout, and it's just that you know when we talk a lot about film and tv to have the standouts at the end does leave you in a good place mm. but ultimately when i go back and review the entire thing you know if if someone's at episode 3 and i have to say we've well, got to get to 8 and 9 and for you, you 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 you're just going to say, well, you just got to get to nine. Yeah, so that that is a big ask for someone. Hundred percent. To me, know, I... like
0: obviously, because yeah, as someone who didn't enjoy episode eight, the finale saved this for me completely. Mm. Where yeah. I was like, I can't believe they pulled it back in such a way that I was still satisfied. Because yeah. I, they had lost me as a viewer. I was completely mm. disengaged because of the frustration of episode five, the atrociousness of episode six, the boringness of episode seven, and then obviously just not liking the um what the direction they took in episode eight even though by the end of the episode which i didn't enjoy watching i actually was like oh the story of that is cool and fits with what they've given us in the previous episodes yeah um but yeah i think bringing up american horror story is like a such a good comparison with this obviously like it's only two seasons in but i think that it starts to show some of the issues that you have with american horror story i think one of the main issues is that kind of lack of tension and lack of um deaths remotely feeling feeling like they're meaningful um mm. that's a problem that american horror story with has struggled for so long and obviously when you have a show that has brilliant characters and brilliant actors you obviously want to feel that emotion in these moments and that's clearly <laughs> what they're trying to do here um and i did still feel the emotion of some moments but especially again i bring back to episode five um and i think it's that, like i said mm. before which i think episode five is their bent neck lady in the sense of it was their episode that I feel like pretty much the whole season stands on. You're either with that episode or you're not. And for me, because that episode failed so spectacularly, that's where I'm like, okay, so death doesn't really have any consequence going forward. Um, Because, yeah, mild spoiler, but kind of like a character isn't who you think they are from the get-go and then you realize oh actually that doesn't change how i feel about any of these characters um no. then you're like it doesn't actually matter if anyone is is dead you know it's like if they just randomly said like, i'll just pick a name for example like oh miles is dead from the start. like it wouldn't actually change anything um yeah. and so that's where uh, that frustration that i've had with american horror story for the longest time and again within moments of both shows, they still find you. They somehow win you over with the characters, which I think is the strength of both these shows. Mm. Um, but yeah, that is a problem that I have. And then, obviously, when you first start this show, I think it is very weird that you have it's set in the eighties, it's in England, um, and you have these amazing actors playing completely different roles um and i think that early on they kind of throw a lot at you um you see carla you see henry um you see victoria Mm. as kind of like the main three and then like oliver popping up a lot shortly after that within the next few episodes and they they all have very wild accents in this show they do Um, some of them are amazing i think oliver jackson cohen's scottish accent is incredible um much like American was It put me off too much. I'm not going
1: to lie. Like, well, he's Scottish. It was just, it was just too outrageous.
0: Well, (laughs) so it's funny you say that because again, we we keep having the same points, but about different parts of the show. I thought, I thought Henry's voice was absolutely mental. Yeah, yeah. His English accent is like the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. The bit when the when the maid's coming in and she's like, oh, the kids are real. They should get a doctor. He's like, well, call the bloody doctor then. He can like bend get know. the words back. He's so <laughs> fucking English. Like I, I was just laughing at him to be quite frank. And again, yeah. I think Terry Thomas is an amazing actor, but this accent and this character did not work in the slightest.
1: No, um, his, uh, to, to, to to dial it back, like Oliver's Scottish was incredible. It's it completely was very. It was it, it, it was too convincing. That I found yeah. it like I, I I honestly was like, hmm, Jackson Cohen is he Scottish? Like, yeah. <laughs> honestly, but yeah, the, the Henry one was was distracting in a bad way.
0: And then because... I, will, I will yeah we'll go on, yeah. Carol.
1: No, I was just gonna say because like yeah, and it wasn't that his performance was bad. It was just no. like this was a crazy character choice. He was a fish out of water. <laughs> that you know um and and just yeah was preposterous because you know. P- people just don't talk like that.
0: No, and we haven't even talked about the whole like visual element that they do with his character as well, which doesn't work in the slightest and is like no. really silly. Um <laughs> but uh and then Carla, like Carla has this thick I believe it's like a Brummy Birmingham accent. And um I yeah. I didn't even realize which character she was supposed to be until ridiculously late on because I didn't find her accent convincing. Um
1: I I wonder how much so because
0: i know it's difficult to talk without sports. we
1: don't we don't see Carla much in this show no we just and, hear. Her. yeah and i wondered if that was a choice because yeah i it wasn't it wasn't until episode nine that i figured out who she was same which is outrageous
0: yeah. when you think about it yeah
1: um and it wasn't until she popped back up in episode nine and basically told you who she was yeah. and that i was like oh okay i i was like i think she's saying that she's this person but i'm yeah. not sure and then that and was like, when i was like
0: oh okay you're you're doing a bad accent of this person who's doing a good accent
1: <laughs> well yeah because because the the character does have a very strong accent yeah it's very they good but, the same, but, <laughs> no they, they really don't and like it is it is strange but um yeah i mean i guess i guess it's hard to go into too much more specifics mm. until we until we throw up a spoiler alert so i mean where the hell do you stand on a recommendation
0: on this? As I've said before, and I think as we get more and more with this show, I have to be a little bit more harsh with, with with what I recommend. And again, I had a lot of fun early on was really intrigued. I actually felt good tension in the first three episodes. Like I thought, Oh man, this is going to get to me again. Maybe it was just that, feeling of hill house or like watching it on my Mm. own at night with the lights off i was like i was ready to be spooked and i felt spooked in the first few episodes and then like i say from episode four when the show was just really sad i then figured out that the show wasn't even trying Mm. to do that and maybe i was just spooking myself um but yeah i i still that episode nine man they made me feel things where i was like god Mm. damn it i just wish we nailed this a bit more and Maybe that's the fact that Mike obviously isn't fully involved this year. Um, mm. You know, but I think there's enough Mike flanagan in there that made me still really enjoy this, even though like i've said time and time again episode six was absolutely awful seven was boring as hell and i didn't like the choices they made with eight so that's three episodes of the nine that i couldn't stand um and then i found episode five super frustrating so it really was mm. the first four and episode nine and that is you know that's five out of nine which is good um but yeah that's I a pass. that's a pass in <laughs> respects. yeah like oh like my overall thoughts are at its best this show is great at its worst, it was truly awful, and so overall, I thought it was okay. Um, take that from what you want mm. as far as a recommendation. What about you?
1: I think if you're if you're only a horror person, then this might not be for you. But if you're if you're a horror person that also likes dramas and like emotional character journeys and everything else, like this will give you the horror elements, and then it will take you on a journey that you might not be willing to expect. And like mm. there. You know, I watch a ton of things outside of the podcast that are uh, in a ton of different, you know, wheelhouses, emotions, and everything. You know, comedies and 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 you know whatever, all different types. And um, you know, this show, the, the the episode nine, gave me um emotions and feelings that I don't get often watching television or or film. And and so for me, like to to experience that was worth it alone. Mm and then the fact that it was ma- majority enjoyable like i think like you know um it, it is something that you know i have to tentatively give a recommendation to because i think like i can't disagree with you that there are boring points of it but but the journey the ultimate journey was still worth it for me
0: yeah i i agree with that because i think that's where that's the reason why i love hill house so much is because mm. clearly they didn't mess up with the end of episodes. It was in frualling story, great acted, great characters that gave you all those emotional payoffs. And mm. then I think to me the best parts of his last film, which shall not be named, it also did that. The moments in that movie that were really emotional and kind of really made me feel things, and it was awesome to see. And obviously that movie had its own problems towards the end. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so that's where like uh, yeah, I feel the frustration, man. Like I'm yeah. disappointed for myself because I wanted to love this and. I can totally see myself getting more from this and I wonder what like a rewatch would do Um,
1: well, I was gonna say that's the other thing like I fully plan to rewatch this Mm. um soon because like I need to like because as you when you get out of episode nine and you've seen this you do have a different lens on a lot of different things um mm. which is very
0: similar to the hill house as well
1: yeah like i say like <clears throat> we'll come into spoiler territory in a minute but one of the things we have very not really talked about at all is the two children mm. and the two children in this um i found frustrating at times and mm-hmm. i found their Dialogue and the way they acted quite quite frustrating. And as as two kind of you know, we've we've seen a lot of TV shows and even just or in film, but even just comparing it direct to Hill House, the young cast in Hill House were excellent and kind of um didn't frustrate me at all. These two frustrated me, and but now the now having the lens that I have and having the full vision of the series, I really want to rewatch them and see these children again because I think mm-hmm. I'll think I'll think of them differently, and. I feel like that with a lot of different characters throughout this. And like, I really, I really am interested and intrigued to give this a rewatch
0: yeah i'm with you like with the children that was one of the first things i wrote down was kind of like i thought the actors were amazing and then kind of like it was in that was to me the biggest difference in episode one um of this of blind manor was that immediately these kids were creepy yeah and were, were like off and that is the complete opposite of hill house the, the the hill house children were like the most sweetest little family ever and like mm. all of the dangers that were happening to them just amped up the emotion because you just wanted them to succeed so much where
1: most of the time i felt like miles deserved what happened to him (laughs) yeah
0: like they're just doing such creepy stuff and like you say again without going into spoilers but once you realize the whole bigger picture you see that there's a lot more going on and what i will say is that these kids are asked to do way more in this series in terms of character acting than than the ones were in hill house um because there's so much going on and i do think there is a bit too much going on and i would have liked to have just seen the kids be the kids a little bit more um they do get bogged down a little bit in trying to just do way too much with them um and it does come very kind of blurry about what you're actually seeing on screen at times. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a fascinating one really like, yeah, do you want to, do you want to talk? So- I, I did want to say briefly as well, kind of as we're talking about different characters and again, why I felt so strongly about the first half more is that Danny, Jamie and Owen were mm-hmm. brilliant characters. I, yeah. I loved all three of them equally. <laughs> and I, I thought they were such the heart and soul of the show and kind of the, they, they were the when there's the mad shit going on, you then have these three characters that are pulling you through that you really want to root for in different ways. Um, and that was kind of how you felt a, a lot about like Nellie and Luke, for example. In yeah. um, and then that is why my frustration is that Danny and Jamie disappear and be and kind of be irrelevant for a long time. And at least they get their moment. Owen mm-hmm. gets thrown away like a piece of trash. Yeah, Owen, Owen
1: gets yeah. Owen's the man, and Owen gets like God. he's the best by. character
0: in this, and it's yeah. so annoying because he is so awesome. He has some of my favorite scenes. He's a, such a simple <laughs> character, really. Mm-hmm terms of the madness of the show and that almost shows you that a little can go a long way with a show like this yeah um he was my groundedness in this show and then the second mm. he is tossed away i felt like my my legs were pulled out from underneath me and then i didn't his, really understand him. his mustache was my constant yeah everything about him was just great like mustache and all and yeah he was just such a great character and it was a shame like i, I I'm he, curious... he was
1: just my light relief as well, well do you know what i mean
0: yeah, his puns and everything, he was just such a great character I to have him. in a show that was very serious at times and very sad. I needed that. And even though his storyline was actually, to me, one of the saddest of all of them um, yeah. and was very real, it, was, it didn't really have any you know um external horror to it it was a very real life situation Mm. but i I found it really compelling i wanted more of him the fact that we got like an episode focused on henry and you know other stuff the fact that he didn't get his own big standalone episode just like frustrates me no end definitely definitely um but yeah i think it's time to talk a little bit of spoilers before we finish talking about this tv show let's Um, do it so full spoiler alert. And I did want to go straight into um, a little bit of listener feedback because um, we had a message from Kat um, who says that um, I've heard reviews say it's not horror, but romance. True? Question um, mark. Yeah, it's kind of what we were alluding to at the start of our conversation mm-hmm. um, and how I think he pulled a big trick, which I think is a really cool trick. Um and I think there's like a line in the final episode which yeah. is kind of the tagline for this show really um, which is that it's not a ghost story it was a love story mm-hmm. um, and that's when this show really does reveal itself and I think it's going back to what you said about a rewatch with that certain lens would, would could could change the, an opinion on the show um, because yeah. yeah this was wasn't it it was a love story
1: <laughs> this was a love story yeah and this was something that you know it is, it is kind of hilarious because it's going to trick a lot of people into watching this that won't necessarily watch that sort of genre movie and and um yeah yeah th- this is much more of a love story than it is a a horror uh, ghost story
0: mm.
1: um yeah i mean i don't i don't know particularly where you want to start with um yeah most of my things that i really want to get into is is in those last couple of episodes really um yeah, well,
0: i was just going to briefly say on that matter it was like yeah to me that was a strong point of this show um mm-hmm. my only frustration is that i wanted more of it and i don't think they necessarily earned exactly what they were going for i i wanted more time setting up that relationship between danny and jamie i think it kind of it starts at one place and then you immediately get to another place and Mm. i felt like it was missing something and even though i was still invested because i think the performances were great um i wasn't fully in on that relationship because i wanted to see it more and see it kind of blossom in reality a bit more if that makes sense See, it's weird because I have a different opinion on that mm. in that
1: um, I thought it was so well acted that I felt that connection um, instantly. And when they had their scene um, in an earlier episode when we introduced, is it the Moonflower and they have their date? Yeah. And they they and and like they it's still when Danny is dealing with her ghosts, and they have their first kiss, and she sees the ghost and kind of recoils away, uh-huh. and like um then we have the whole bonfire scene, and kind of like it's really building up to their relationship getting going, and like i I genuinely felt the love and the connection between the two of them, and um one hundred percent, I would have liked more of it, but i I still truly felt it and felt like um i was I was worried before we got to the finale that I was feeling more of a connection than what I was gonna get mm. um which which luckily I didn't because yeah I, I really you know i i was really invested in the two of them um right from the word you know right from the right from the first word of them being together, and i think kind of um you know that was what um anchored me with it and and wanted you know and really drove me to you know, it got to the point that I, I cared for a lot of the characters. You know, you, you know, in particular like Owen. But um, it got to the point in the in the in the final episode and kind of like the final parts of it that I was just rooting for them and their relationship, and I didn't really care about anyone else. And I was almost, I was almost um, frustrated with Danny in her selflessness that that she was sacrificing like this relationship that i care mm. so much about for the things that she did in those episodes mm. um and um you know it, it made me kind of love her character more for, for doing that because she she kind of was doing these selfless acts that it, me in her shoes would would not be doing <laughs> you know i'd be protecting kind of you know my own interest in in my you know as a viewer that's how i felt and like yeah her just doing these things was was strong and i think um you know the fact that we had those episodes in between and I still felt as strong and and I think you felt, you know, quite strong in the final episode as well. Like Mm. it's kind of incredible that they got us to that point.
0: Um,
1: I think, yeah, the thing that I wanted to go into was like the whole kind of lady in the water and the episode eight that, that kind of unpacks all of that. Obviously, Mm. um, we have different views on that, that episode. And I think kind of, um, I can see that it has the, the the repetition and stuff of um uh was it episode 5 um Hannah's kind of episode yeah. but but for me um the thing about this this episode was that um it it really was grounded in this um you know it, it, I think when we have these ghost stories and we have this ghost that kind of gets um you know made and and kind of haunting and that sort of thing like it's um it's kind of like oh character dies and they're now a ghost Mm. whereas this was like this true um descent and and kind of um i forget what what she's called what she lady something or other what is her what her first name yeah
0: viola yeah
1: viola and like viola was um you know, this, this truly tragic character that was, um, you know, kind of struck down with this horrible illness that should have just taken her out before she got to see her child kind of, um, you know, really grow of any age. And she kind of, the, the way that they showed her fight this illness and kind of, um, against all odds in the, the, the you know, because this was set back in, um, you know, in the past and there was no real healing for her and kind of, um, to show like her slowly going to that and then to um effectively just be in this state of undying but um also not living Mm -hmm. and kind of all of the characters around her also being like that her husband unable to move on her daughter unable to be a true child and kind of like her sister just trapped as this carer like was was um true true hell really um through viola's creation but through her not wanting to leave her family and like do you know what I mean like she wasn't she wasn't a horrible person like she she just didn't want to let go of her life mm. you know and and that made her a villain um and then like you know her sister kind of turning on her i thought like when it happened it hit me and then kind of just like viola waiting in this um cell that she had kind of created for herself she'd she'd managed to kind of like you know her um want to not die clung on to kind of like her and and became you know let her become the the spirit that she was and um the the whole facelessness of the ghosts I thought was a fantastic image throughout the show like she looked um unique to the show with this kind of you know the ghosts are completely faceless apart from a mouth Uh, featureless without a mouth i should say and like um uh the way that they kind of explain that and how like you know your soul rots away and even as a ghost you you rot away and become nothing like i just found that like I, i found myself sympathetic to her um because of that episode and going into kind of episode nine and then seeing kind of Danny submit to her and knowing that she was this sympathetic character. I just, you know, for me, the two gelled perfectly that just, um, like I say, it, it, it really, you know, it's weird because it's, we're talking about ghosts and we're talking about hauntings and we're, you know, like she looks quite terrifying, but everything I felt was a non-conventional horror movie feeling like mm. I felt empathetic towards the ghost and Danny and and everyone really because everyone just got a tough deal, you know. No no one had a good good set of cards in this show, and everyone yeah. and it was just everyone dealing with it. You know, we're we talking. You know, we we cut right back to, um, you know, Peter. You know, what happens to him is you know he he's. Uh, it is unfair you know he's he's being blackmailed to, to take this money and then kind of gets taken out by her henry and the unrequited love the children you know uh rebecca you know owen every single one of them has just got none of them have, have you know have had nice things happen to him in this show <laughs> everyone's life sucks yeah and i think um you know when we got to episode um nine and kind of um the finale of the show, like or the finale of the show as we knew it, really ends after 10 minutes, doesn't it, in the finale? yeah. And and I kind of thought to myself, like, what the hell are we going to get for half an hour now? Like, I, I paused it and was like, my God, we've got, like, a whole other story to tell here. And I think kind of um, the... Obviously, the story, which we'll go on to, of Danny and, and Jamie was, was fantastic. But also just seeing the characters and seeing them all kind of live in their lives with, with the past that they had behind them, I thought was just like, you know, a really, uh, a really nice bookend on kind of that like how people deal with grief and still come out the other side, you know, like Owen in particular is, you know, clearly thinking of Hannah every day, but also living a life and living a life for her almost. And like, it, it, yeah, like uh, I just, I feel like when I'm thinking about this show, I feel like I'm talking about Titanic or something. Do you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> and not like yeah. a horror show. Well, and and that's why I think on paper, so much of this works. And then through the delivery of, the, of this content is where it fails. Because I, I'm mm. with you. And to bring it back to episode five um eight that you were just talking about i I totally agree that like i love the idea of that character and i also agree that the whole faceless ghost thing not only is an awesome image i love what that actually meant in terms of the Mm. writing of the show and yeah with the idea that your memory is only there as long as people remember you and remember Mm. your face and then as soon as you get forgotten in this world like everyone eventually does your your face just disappears then that's awesome and really sad um and I so I loved all of that and I think that's why in episode 9 um getting through episode 8 I was like a, a place where I understood how that character was um and d- did enjoy that character I just really didn't like the way they told that story with episode 8 um it it obviously caught me at a bad moment and again I think it's what I was saying earlier where the way they tell the story is my biggest problem because I have episode six, which I absolutely hate, and I don't think anyone can defend Henry as a character. Then episode seven I found completely boring because they just rehash um, Peter and Rebecca's relationship, which at that point to me was over, and so I had no skin in the game. And then you give me episode eight, which is set completely differently, is black and white, is very slow, and I just was not ready for that at that moment.
1: Um, Yeah, I think
0: that's where I... I... I was like give me Danny and and Jamie again I desperately needed them (laughs) I
1: watched 5 and 6 together and had a bad time I watched Mm. 7 on it's own and then I watched Mm. 8 and 9 together Yeah And so yeah I think it is timing isn't it
0: yeah, so that's why I was just so frustrated. Yeah, I think on paper it's not—it's not the worst thing. Just it caught me at a time where I personally couldn't stand it. Where I was like, "Oh my god, you're doing the black and white thing," which I don't <laughs> think uh, to me didn't work. Like I always want that to mean something, um, clearly, and stuff like the lighthouse when it really is a a a point to be black and white. Whereas to me, this felt like your classic. Oh, it's old timey. So let's just make it black and white for the hell of it. Old, um, olden times exactly and it was just like they didn't they didn't care about the way the colors would actually pop on screen or the lighting. it It almost just felt like you could easily watch that in color and have the exact same impact which which to me is shows that it was a mistake um but yeah it it is a weird one this show like i do think that the the overriding story arc and i think this gets to another point i wanted to make which is regarding mike flanagan um Mm. this is obviously created for television by Mike Flanagan. It's still his baby. He only wrote and directed episode one. Now, what I want to get to with this, which I find fascinating, is kind of... What the hell does that mean? Because obviously he, yeah. he 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 created the overarching story. It's not like he wrote episode one with these characters and then no, gave he it to eight different out. people. Yeah. yeah, like like he knew that you know episode four would be when you'd find out about Danny and her fiance. He, he knew that Hannah's story would be. You know, he knew episode eight would be the Lady of the Lake episode. Like, so what I'm trying to say is, like, did he have a story outlined that he then gave to people who then wrote the specific scripts? Like, I know you don't have I, the answer I, to this question. Yeah, but... I, I assume that has to be correct, and mm. it's very weird the way it's touted
1: because yeah like does he even get writing credits on the other episodes
0: no no he he literally doesn't it's created for television overall and he's obviously a producer but as far as writing and directing Mm. it's only the first episode which i just find bizarre
1: it's very it's very (laughs) strange but um
0: because his clearly his his fingerprints are all over this i think like
1: yeah for sure i think um yeah again like just for me like the thing that um so like going into episode nine and obviously um Uh, we get to like the epilogue Mm. and we get to Danny and Jamie and kind of like the life that they built for each other, like that emotionally hit me so hard that like I just wasn't expecting, like I don't think I've ever been like, or for the longest time I've been emotionally invested in two characters as much as I was Danny and Jamie and like to see them um, to see kind of that promise that they were just going to live every day and then kind of to see that uh realization that they've had years together and then for it to get cut short so quickly like it hit me like a bullet like mm. it, it really did like i don't know how it hit you but like i i was a mess like i couldn't i i couldn't handle it
0: it was like what I said. I really enjoyed episode nine for those reasons, and mm. obviously it didn't hit me the way I wanted it to hit me because I was frustrated with the show and they went away from these two characters for a long time. But in those moments, I was still there, and that's why it won me over in the end. Mm. Was because of how strong these characters were, um, and like you say, I think in another world, this finale easily hits me the same way the Hill House finale did. Because in that series, I was on board for every episode; it never bored me, and so I was continually invested, and that's why the finale hit for me. Because um, I think. On those levels is when this show really isn't that far away from hill house in terms of actually feeling the emotion the emotion um like we said before i think danny jamie and owen are on par with some of the best characters across the two seasons um it's just in those small moments is where like this starts to just lose its luster a little bit um and it's unfortunate um one thing i really wanted to bring up as well is kind of like where where do you see this going forward now because this is obviously on netflix um as part of the haunting collection yeah. um, hill house is obviously being pushed again a lot of the minute which is cool to see but they, they are pushing these two as these two haunting things and obviously mike has a deal with netflix which he needs to fulfill um so i have to imagine that there's going to be more of this and obviously it's wild because they're so different in what they've done and i guess what what, like do you want to see something like this i know it's a difficult question to answer because they're so different but like do you want to see a third haunting of etc i mean i honestly just like it doesn't make sense
1: um and and i kind of i don't really know how you carry on Mm. because um, you you need you need three things to happen. You need it to be a haunting esque story. You need Flanagan on board, and you need a ton of these actors back. And if you don't get all three of those, it's going to feel weird from the get go. And and what I've just described, I I don't want. Like I don't I don't really want an American horror story that's just mm-hmm. linked to. to to haunt in as much like I love these actors and actresses that are in these, in, in, in these two seasons, um, you know, kind of, but, but like, I don't, I don't want to see them in a, in a third season. Um, I don't really want Flanagan to do it either. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think like this is a, an experiment. Like I say, as much as I came out of this, you know, um, enjoying what it you know what it what it took me through like I don't really need it again I don't need a third season I don't think Mm. um you know I think uh it's it's kind of incredible really that there's been two seasons that are very different that I've still enjoyed uh you know at at its core it's in a wheelhouse that we're not that interested in Mm. you know it's what we touched upon more with Haunting of Hill House that like we weren't excited for Haunted the Hill House when it <laughs> nice. first, you know, when it when it was up and coming. We were like, oh, "Okay, Flanagan's involved. We like him." But oh, it's like a ghost show TV series. It's like, oh boy, and yeah. like you know, it it blew us away. Mm-hmm. And like you know, this was also you know for me, you know, enjoyable um, and still ghost story esque, you know. And I'm like, well, I just don't really want you messing around in that genre that I'm not that into. You know, I'd I'd much prefer him doing other stuff.
0: Um, Yeah, I'm with you on that. Like, I absolutely don't want Mike to be involved in a third haunting. I think there will Mm. be a third haunting because that's the Netflix way. And I would rather just give it to someone else to see what they do with it. Um, So I definitely don't want want Mike um, involved. And I'm glad that he's doing stuff like Midnight Mass, which is his new TV show, which he is writing and directing every episode. And I'm buzzing for that. Um, And then, yeah, what you just said. I do not want to see these actors again. Yeah. I loved everyone in Hill House absolutely. Um, I think Victoria and Oliver in this are incredible because they were the standouts in Hill House. I said it at the time, and I'll still say it now. Yeah. And they they proved why they were the best two actors on that show because they're incredible here. I think yeah, Henry incredible. and Carla were completely shooed in to this because he's fans of yeah. them as am I, um, but they did not need to be in this. Um, And so, and then there's obviously a couple of other actors that have very smaller roles. I don't even want to count them because they're not, they're not huge characters. Really, It's mainly those four. Um, And the fact that two of them are amazing and two of them are completely pointless is already like, right. I don't want to see these guys again. Like as much as I love, victoria and oliver i want to mm. see them do other stuff and i've seen them do other stuff and they excelled in those things that i've seen them do other stuff in um so yeah it is a weird one like you say i don't want to see the cast and i don't want to see mike but if they do add another haunting of i'll obviously watch it but it's not something that like you say, they'd have to win us over again much like hill house did <laughs> yeah um, and it's gonna
1: feel so weird because that's it like i don't want those three things to happen either and mm. um, but i almost feel like that is the dna of the haunting of franchise at this point, mm. you know, and and so you know, not having the same cast and the same and and, and mic attached, then um, it really do do you know, it's just in name alone. But I think you know, it's the only way that I you know, like I say, if it has to continue, that is the only way I want it to as well. But I just it feels very hollow at that point. But I guess that's the Netflix model.
0: Yeah, and to me, it's already gone that way because the main thing, and and this is a very obviously minor point in all of the major things that we've talked about. But like to me, Bly Manor is not interesting. I didn't find it to be an interesting location. It was fine, and it was a cool backdrop to to actually show some interesting characters. But like Mm. compared to Hill House, that obviously being the star of the show and being so fascinating as an actual location, whereas this was just like, yeah, this was just a a house in England where a bunch of shit happened, you know so i think it's just the plot though that it's yeah. like you but know, it is think, the name think... of the show and that is kind of like yeah. like what you were saying about what is the dna well mm. the dna is the haunting of a location and kind yeah. of they've already gone away with that with the second one so like mm. is that even is that even relevant going forward Could, does it even have to be a location anymore or can it just be any title with haunting in it do you know what i mean mm. like um but yeah it's god well, this is a like i Shows like this and obviously films as well Put them in the same category they show you that There's at least a great conversation to be had Obviously Mm. um like I've really enjoyed This conversation and as much as I enjoyed the show in fact because it shows You that there's a lot going on and Even though they don't hit home run with everything And I had major frustrations with a lot of it Um I I still respect that they Were at least doing stuff and trying Stuff um yeah you know it's Own to me it's only episode seven that I would Consider boring I don't think think the rest is boring um... I think it just has other problems
1: No, definitely. And I think this show like uh, like this conversation shows that like we will we will um, enjoy stuff and we have enjoyed stuff and we will enjoy stuff more than this show that we Mm -hmm. have uh, a less interesting conversation about because there's just a lot less to say. Like you know, we we might see a good slasher movie and was like, oh, that's a good slasher movie, and like yeah. we might have dug it way more, but mm. it will just be like a cool slasher movie. Whereas like this is deep on a lot of different levels, and and does warrant a big conversation. Definitely, um, you know, which, which you know, I think is to the show's credit.
0: Yeah, for sure. I completely agree with that. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. It's it's a wild one to finally finish talking about. Um, mm. I'm sure it won't be the last time this show gets brought up. Um, but yeah, that was our discussion on the haunting of Blind Manor. We will take a short break and we will be right back. So yeah that is pretty much it for this week Um, We did have some more listener feedback actually Because um, Sean has been of course Continuing his watching a horror movie Every day for October Um, Oh man he's doing well Yeah rather rather jealously um, Because his Blu-rays are just out of control I did want to mention that he got the Most incredible Blu-ray In terms of horror maybe of all time I'm just going to throw that out there Um, Which is of course the Friday the 13th Box set that came out in the US only So jealous Um, man it's absolutely outrageous isn't it this this thing is just a thing of beauty i'm I'm so in love with it and I'm also so angry that I will never own it <laughs> or maybe I will if I go out I'm so
1: crazy. angry yeah I can say, I'm so angry that I'm probably gonna like break and like have to buy like a blu-ray player and all sorts just when I was gonna ditch my blu-ray player.
0: Yeah. Uh, like I I want it so bad because I I loved Friday the 13th so much growing up. It was my favorite of those classic franchises and I still love it, but I don't have that love I had when I was younger because I've not seen it for so long. I have them on DVD. I only have um the remake and Freddy versus Jason as kind of like blu so I've seen those two movies way more than I've seen all the other Friday the 13th because I have them on a better platform to watch them. Um mm-hmm. so I've not gone through and watched those sequels um you know in such a long time like obviously back in the day on video and then dvd we're talking at least 10 years now
1: yeah i didn't um, even know you had them all on dvd i thought it was yeah the, the video days yeah. yeah i
0: have them on dvd but I've, yeah. i think i've only watched them on D- dvd once it was mostly mm. on video when i was younger um and it's yeah it's a shame because i love these sequels so much i always said back in the day like it was my favorite and it just I can't say that now because I don't watch it nowhere near as much. So I really want to like reignite my, my love for Jason and this would be absolutely perfect of course. Yeah. Um, and so I just have Fine. this like overwhelming jealousy to have this thing. Um,
1: and I've seen a few people online with them and like, they've been putting up screenshots mm-hmm. and like the restorations, especially of the first one looks ridiculous. Like there's, um, uh, screen grabs i've seen of like mrs Voorhees in the background of shots that have just never I been saw seen that. before. yeah that's mad yeah. yeah and like it's just kind of you know it's putting a nude light on these movies and just some of these screenshots look incredible and mm. yeah I, i've never been more envious of a of a of a you know uh us release
0: yeah and, and speaking of these kind of crazy blu-ray releases because sean just seems to get them all in the us i, I know he also um showed that he was getting the haunt collector's edition, which is absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah, um, also, yeah. And obviously he got the 13 ghost one that which I really wanted. And then one of the movies that he watched recently was Hollow Man. Mm. Um and he's just randomly got this collector's edition of the first two Hollow Man movies. Um and again I adore Hollow Man. That was one of I those videos. I think we got a just, reasonably good one. Did we get an Alright Blu-ray? Because again yeah. I've not I've not seen that for so did. long. I um, thought we did
1: because I thought about getting it. I think it's from um, the guys that have got the Dawn of the Dead one
0: now. All right, yeah, um, fair enough. E- either way, like this this Blu-ray that he has yeah. is incredible. Um, and yeah, it's not it's a movie that I've not seen for a very long time, but obviously love An Invisible Man at the start of the year, and Hollow Man was mine that I grew up on with Kevin Bacon. Absolutely mm. adore that movie. Carlo Giacchino's in that as well. Um, so yeah, it's an awesome movie. Like 20 years old now as well, which is mad. Like I really, really want to see that. I might actually yeah, get into I, that watching like uh, going
1: through kind of sean's list and every time we get an update like yeah that was one for me that um i was i was kind of like oh, hollow man's a movie that we yeah we loved and i haven't mm. seen for a while yeah, yeah. i think it, yeah it is 88 films put out like a decent collector's edition of one and two
0: nice yeah i'll have
1: to look i think, that up. I think that's i think it's uk yeah um 88 films is uk right but yeah Anyway,
0: nice. yeah. <laughs> who knows about these things um but yeah that, that is pretty much it for this week i don't know if you've been watching too much else i haven't because i've just been caning through blind manor really <laughs> i mean I mean,
1: bro you may you made me watch like uh you know six hour tv show but so yeah that's all i was doing
0: yeah for sure um but yeah in the coming weeks um we still have some pretty exciting things it's probably gonna be tremors next week hello oh yeah can't wait um and Back yeah there's obviously there's still these um other like cinema releases that might happen like the craft and obviously we're looking at i think it was oh um peninsula and then the other one was freaky um which we forgot to mention briefly on the show that we saw the trailer for it before um Mm. saint Maud, and you'd not seen it before have you so what what did you make of the trailer freaky
1: uh hell yeah (laughs) yes yeah i i really liked it i think um I'd like it more if Vince Vaughn wasn't in it. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm with you, but I still think he looks all right in the movie. I just, again, looks, I don't know if it'll be enough for the whole movie, but for yeah, a trailer. He, he looked
1: he looked okay in the trailer, but he's mm. still too distracting. Yeah. Um, just someone that I do not like. <laughs> but but that aside, I thought the rest of it did, did sound, uh, yeah, it, it sounded like a great idea. And uh, mm. yeah, just this fun, like Happy Death Day style horror movie that could be a fun little ha- Halloween watch.
0: Yeah so yeah hopefully we'll get to see that in the coming weeks as well um but yeah that is pretty much it for this week a big tv discussion of the haunting of blind manor hopefully you guys have checked it out on netflix already um and yeah thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you
1: later everyone